Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Stacy Morgan. Stacy is the author of The Astronaut's Wife, and she is talking about how we can live life to the fullest no matter where we roam. Hello, Stacy, and welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So I am excited for today's conversation because I've, I've never met anyone like you with the, <laughs> which is a, a compliment in such a good way, such a fascinating life that you leave. Um, you have a book titled The Astronaut's Wife. So to begin our conversation, would you tell us first how you and your husband first met? Sure. Well, um, I met my husband when I was 18, which is, uh, I didn't used to think that was a big deal until my oldest child just turned 18. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I was a baby. I can't believe it. So we both uh, were at cadets at West Point when we met. Drew's a little bit older than me. Um, And what's, I think, interesting about meeting there is we met in a, a club for like called Officers Christian Fellowship, which is a faith-based uh, organization. And meeting, you know, at West Point and uh, kind of in that lifestyle together, it immediately, you know, showed that we had this sh- kind of set of shared values of service and faith and being a part of something bigger than ourselves and and something that involves some risk and some danger potentially. And so even though a few years later, um, my path did not involve becoming an army officer and Drew's did, we began our journey together with that kind of foundation of of service and faith and, and, and a little bit of risk and a little bit of danger. And that adventure often involves all the, all those things. And so I think it was a really strong foundation for us to begin to build our relationship on. Yeah, for sure. And and so you actually also have children uh, together. So I'm interested, what do they think of their father and how do they also have these dreams to reach for the stars? Right. I couldn't, I couldn't not use that <laughs> lingo. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, uh, we have four kids and you know, I don't know if it'll surprise anyone to hear that they really aren't all that impressed. I mean, I think they, I think they know, I mean, they certainly know they're old enough. I have two high schoolers, a junior higher, and one that's about to become a junior higher. And, you know, they certainly know that he has this very unique job, but the truth is they have so many friends whose parents do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't feel as unique to them as I think it would you know, to an outsider kind of assuming that they must think it's this complete kind of unique animal. So literally in their classes at high school, in their Girl Scout troop, and all these things that they're involved in, there are other astronaut kids. And so the crazy things that their dad is doing, well, it's not that big of a deal because her mom is doing it next week. And her or his dad did it last month. And next year, these other friends are going to do it. So it doesn't feel so, so unique to them, which is actually what we, we kind of are really thankful for because it is certainly a unique lifestyle. His job affects all of our lives, but we don't want their childhood to be defined by their dad's job. And there are certainly uh, unique opportunities and there are an equal number of unique challenges with this lifestyle for our family, but we don't want this to be like kind of the central defining point of, of their childhood or who they are as kids or, um, how they feel that they somehow need to compare themselves to it or, or any of those things. So 
we love hanging out with other astronaut families because it does kind of ground them in just being a regular kid with regular parents, even though one of them may be doing a really unusual job. Yeah. Oh, what a neat perspective. Well, you know, your, your book subtitle reads how launching my husband into outer space changed the way I live on earth. So while um, he orbited earth, you were living an incredible adventure of your own. So talk to us about this season of your life. Sure. I mean, it was, it was really surreal at times. I mean, that's kind of the the funny thing about being an astronaut family is there are these moments of absolute extraordinary, unusual things. Like it is not every day you get to watch your, you know, your spouse of 20 years doing a spacewalk or launching onto, you know, an outer space on a rocket. But then the next day you're still taking out the trash, helping with homework, doing all the things that a, you know, a single parent has to do. Uh, whatever your, your parent, your partner's job is. So it's this weird, um, one day surreal, bizarre talking to someone in outer space the next day, all the usual stresses of a regular life. And so while he was certainly doing the extraordinary up in space, I was back here holding it all together, uh, with these unusual surreal moments kind of scattered, scattered throughout, but it was, um, those challenges were unique, I think. And in that, um, I didn't quite know what to expect, even though I certainly have a lot of, uh, friends who are astronaut spouses and had, uh, you know, were journeying along with me and giving me their suggestions and supporting me, but there, every, every person's experience is different and it was tough. You know, it was a really tough season. My husband was gone for nine months really 10 when you add the month uh, before it for quarantine, which was a, a, you know, a kind of a novel concept before, <laughs> before then, but now everyone is very familiar with quarantine, but uh, so managing four kids on my own, plus my house, plus a job, plus my own mental health and all the things that go along with that, you know, shout out to the single parents who deal with this all the time, not just temporarily like I did, you know, it's a tough job and there was no coming home for my husband, if something went sideways. Right. So there's a little bit of stress. So like, okay, I am for the next nine months, I am on my own, like end of sentence. That's it. There's no coming home early if something really goes wrong. And so that adds a level of stress. Um, but it uh, was a really unique opportunity in that it forced me to put into practice things that I'd learned over the years through military deployments or just life. Like reaching out and asking for help and being open with my friends and saying like, I'm lonely or I need, I need help in this area, or I'm just feeling stressed or sad or, um, but that was a challenge. I think I wouldn't have been able to do that if, if Drew hadn't been gone at that way. Cause it's just easy to kind of like fake it till you make it when everything feels kind of okay. And that season forced me to have to do these things. Like I cannot do this on my own. I am lonely. I need help. I have a lot of children to manage a lot of things to manage. Like I, I can't fake it. I need help. And in order to get that help, I'm going to have to be honest and open and vulnerable and kind of gather my people to me. And, and that was hard. It's not something I do easily. I think most moms don't do that easily, but in that way, it was a really incredible opportunity because once you do it, you realize like, wow, this isn't as scary. Uh, it's not easy, but it's not as scary as I thought it would be. My friends want to help me. Um, being vulnerable sometimes is very uncomfortable, but 
like the incredible amount of relationship growth that happens when you are open with your friends and, and honest about what you need and how you're feeling. Like when it was all done, you leave wanting more and you realize like, I want this all the time, no matter whether I'm alone or not alone or whether my husband is on this planet or off of it. Like this is how I want to live my life all the time. And so I hope that that's kind of what I'm carrying forward, you know, long after this chapter of my adventure is over. Yeah, it makes me just think like you you don't know all that you can handle until you have to or you're forced to handle it. And just I, I think about how dependent I am on my husband. Um, and really, I, it just makes me think of like how you probably had to become dependent on yourself and dependent on others and dependent on the Lord. And, you know, something you mentioned that I keep I keep thinking about is, did you ever struggle with fear? Like, I'm, I'm going to lose I'm going to lose my husband. Like being in space is, is it's just, if for somebody that's never been to space is really just hard to even wrap your mind around. Um, so did you ever struggle with fear and how did you kind of get past that? Oh yeah. I mean, I think I, I had had experience in the past because my husband is an army officer. So he's deployed to combat zones over the last, you know, 20 years of our marriage. He's gone to Afghanistan twice in Iraq and other different places. And I've certainly kind of had the practice in the past of dealing with, um, I don't want to call it low level fear, but kind of like a constant fear where he's gone, you know, they're in a dangerous place. You know, that there are people actively seeking to harm them. And then and meanwhile, around you, people are dying, you know, I'm you know, walking alongside spouses who suddenly become widows and that's very scary. And so I had learned through all those experiences, what it was like to live with kind of this constant base level of fear of like, okay, what if the worst thing happens and he does not come home? Like what, what next? And then in this uh, season of, you know, space, it was, it was different in that, um, you know, during military deployments, the, the moments of highest risk are very secret. You don't see them. You might hear about them later or read about them, or uh, you just know that bad things are happening when they shut down the communication lines and you can't talk for a while, but you're not witnessing it in real time. Uh, later, you might hear a little bit about it. But in contrast, the, the times of highest risk for a space flight is rocket launches, you know, capsule landings, and spacewalking, all of which the world watches in real time with you live streamed like on the internet, right? So that was something I think I wasn't quite I'd never experienced before, like experiencing that level of fear, you know, standing there, you know, waiting for this countdown for this rocket launch. And you're, you know, you're not a hundred percent sure of what's about to happen. And you have confidence in the equipment. You have confidence in the training. It's not about, you know, not trusting those things, but things happen, right? Like mistakes happen or life happens and things, things don't go as planned. And so I'd never experienced before a moment where you think I'm going to watch this moment unfold. And in the next minute, my life is going to be different. And I either, and I could be a widow in one minute and I'm going to be standing here watching it happen with my four children. And that's terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. And, um, and then you experience it, uh, maybe not quite to the same degree at a rocket launch, but you're watching this spacewalk, you're watching these capsule landings and you're at the in this moment of intense fear for yourself, you also recognize the world is watching with me. So not only would this, if this goes sideways, would it be terrible? 
but it's not private, it's public. And the world would experience it at the same time as I would. And there's a level of, of stress that gets added to the experience because of that. And I think in those moments, you're forced to make a choice. Like you feel terrified. I was completely overwhelmed by just like every emotion and uh, fear being definitely the predominant <laughs> fear, at, you know, well, literally counting down to the 10 seconds to launch. And you realize like, I have a, I have a choice to make here. Like I get to decide how I'm going to choose to respond in this. And you realize in that moment, where, where do I find my hope? And if my hope is in my husband or this rocket technology, um, I'm probably at some point going to be disappointed, right? Like uh, even if he didn't have a dangerous job, you know, putting my hope in a person is a recipe for eventual disappointment or um, anybody, right? And you realize in that moment, if I trust in anything but God, I'm going to be disappointed. And so when I'm feeling terrified, I need to remind myself, where does my, where do I really hold my faith? And I think that's a hard uh, thing to like, kind of a hard mindset to force yourself into, unless you're in a moment like that, where you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I really have to choose where, where do I find my hope in this moment in order to manage this fear? Where do I find my hope? Uh, and I chose to remind myself that I find my hope in God. And so even if this goes sideways, even if this rocket explodes, uh, I, you know, I still trust that God's got me right. Like life will go on and the sun will still rise and set tomorrow and life may be hard and very difficult. And I may need some counseling and the kids may need some help, but God would still be with me. That is still where I find my hope. And I have, I have faith that he would be with me, even if things went poorly. And so that was an active choice. And that has really helped me. That was kind of a, a catalyst moment for all those years of practice with the deployments and just other scary things that happen in life, right? I mean, you don't have to send your spouse into outer space in order to feel real fear. Um, but asking yourself, all right, in this moment, I am terrified. So what, where is my hope found? And if my hope is found in God, then I need to kind of rest in that in this moment and kind of be like, I'm terrified, Lord. Like I'm terrified, but hell, like help me find a peace knowing my peace doesn't come from this rocket launch being successful or this, whatever this conflict is resolving or this financial crisis going away. My, my hope and my peace comes from you period. You know, the circumstances may change, um, good or bad, but I have to rest kind of on this foundation. Otherwise you're just tossed around in life, constantly afraid of different things. Oh gosh, that is Stacy. That is so good. And that speaks to me. Um, I'm having some health issues right now. And so that even just speaks to me in my situation right now. So thank you so much uh, for sharing that, you know, and, and you talked about this preparation process. So during this time you learned about preparing for any mission or adventure life throws at you. So how would you encourage listeners to prepare or maybe even realize that God is preparing them just even just to trust in that process? Yeah. I mean, I think the first step is always do not put yourself on an Island, right? Like God has unique plans for you, but it's, it's not going to be alone. And so I think the first step you need to take before you kind of find yourself in the middle of an event of an adventure is you've got to find some people like God has designed us to be in community with others and making friends is hard work. It is not a passive 
endeavor. It's not like kindergarten where you just sit next to somebody and like share your crayons and become best friends forever. Like as an adult, especially for women, like we desire it so deeply. And yet we, so many of us really struggle to find friends because I think we still have this kind of kindergarten mindset of like, well, I don't understand. They're not just like knocking on my door. And it's like, yeah, that's because that's not how the real world works. Like you have to go out and, and put yourself out there and invite people over. And then when they come over, you have to share about yourself in ways that are sometimes uncomfortable. And then even after you become friends, you have to prioritize the time. And often that means sacrificing time, money, effort, right? Like being a good friend is hard work and it's a continuous uh, endeavor, you know? And I think that's something we forget when we see circles of friends from a distance that, oh, it looks so effortless. It looks like they're just kind of like, you know, just, it's just happening. If you get up close, you realize that's not what's happening. They are continually pouring in and investing in each other. And that's why they maintain this great connection and friendship. And that is what God wants for us. He wants us to live in community with other people. And you've got to find that community before crisis hits before the scary times hit, or even the fun adventure begins, because even on the best days, like God doesn't want us to have fun on our own. (laughs) Like having fun by yourself is like not nearly as fun as doing that same thing as when you've got a friend by your side. And so I think the first step is, is, is gathering, finding people and investing in them, gathering them to you and doing life together. And then when whatever comes next happens, invite them to journey with you. You know, you, you want them by your side, even, and even though they may not be experiencing it the same way you are, and they're there just, you know, to kind of walk with you and support you. It's key that they're there because when you hit those scary times, um, sometimes it's really hard to not be afraid. It's really hard to like remind yourself where your hope is. There are times where you just can feel so overwhelmed by life that you just feel like you are just being tossed by the waves and you just cannot get your feet on the ground anymore. And that's where those friends come in. And they're like, Hey, like I had a a difficult week last week and I called my friend and she said, I love this. She was like, let me just help you find some truth again. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm completely upside down. Like, I feel like I am, I have tossed through the looking glass and I don't know which went, which way is up anymore. And she was like, let me help you find your firm footing again. And I was like, yes, like that'll preach like absolutely like in so many things in life that's that's a huge role of the trusted friend in your life they're not solving your problems they're not smoothing the path they're just there next to you so that when the twists and turns of whatever comes in your adventure happens when you're confused when you're lonely when you're sad or you just aren't sure which way is up anymore that friend is there to be like let me just help you find your firm footing again. Let me help you remember what's true. Remember where you find your hope, where you find your identity, where you find your value. Um, and let me, and all like, all I need to do is remind you of that. That's it. And sometimes that's all you need. And so that's something we should be doing all the time, no matter what season we're in, like whether our adventure, that chapter of your adventure is just beginning, just ending a new one, starting a new one. Um, that's the biggest thing. Find community, find friends, um, because then those are the people who are going to help you through the good days and the bad days and remind you where your hope is really found. And it makes me think about, I want to be that kind of friend to offer that truth to other people. Because I think a lot of people, I mean, and I I feel like maybe I'm 
<laughs> um, beating on a drum that's been beat too long. But, you know, with COVID, it, it's just people are lonely in general. Yes. Um, I think people struggle with loneliness in relationships anyway, but then that just exasperated the problems for everybody. So if you're lonely, it's likely that other people around you are lonely. That's too. right. And this season, it's true, this pandemic, you know, I think part of the reason it's so hard, especially on parents and 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 moms, is that it's it's scary. It presses on all our fears. And we want, not only do we want, we need people in our lives who say, Hey, like I'm not, nothing I can say is going to make it less scary, but let me remind you of some truth. And let me remind you of where we find our hope, regardless of the crazy things swirling around us and, you know, all, all the things that are involved in the pandemic, but it's really scary as a parent because it's not just fear for you, it's fear for your children. And it's really the fear of the unknown. We don't know what's coming down the pipeline and that is terrifying. And again, you feel like, well, I could handle it for myself, but the fear of what's unknown for my children is like next level fear. And so um, to I want to be that person for my friends to, even in the midst of all this like confusion and ever is like, okay, hey, I'm confused too, but let's remember some truth. Let's remember where what our foundation is built on. And let's kind of just, re, let's just together remind ourselves like where our faith is, what our foundation is built on. And, and I wanna be a person who brings hope into the conversation and not more fear or doesn't stir up more fear. Cause that's, there's enough scariness in the world without us adding to that, you know? Like let's be a person I want to be a person who, when, when I leave the conversation, somebody's like, oh, like, I feel better. You know, I feel more hopeful and more encouraged and less stressed and less fearful. Yeah. Oh, me too. Well, you know, and something else, and I, and I love this. You say that you rediscovered your fun side after you've been trapped in survival mode for too long. So what tips would you share to help us to have more fun? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think, first of all, people being in survival mode, that's normal. It's like not like a bad thing that you go and everybody has survival seasons, things happen. I think a lot of people have been in survival seasons since this pandemic. And it's like, look, I got to get the work done. We got to lock it down. We got to like, let's get the schedule tightened up. Let's get the routine going. Let's get the chores going because it gives you a sense of control. Like I can control my house. I can control my environment. Maybe I can control my children or their, their homework situation, whatever it is. Like I need a little bit more control in the walls of my house because those, I have less control on the, you know, when I step outside now that's okay for a season, everybody has these seasons when it becomes dangerous is when that starts becoming our lifestyle of like just living in survival mode. And the reason I believe God doesn't want us to live there is because it's kind of a joyless existence. Like, unless you really, really love vacuuming and dusting, like, like pretty much survival mode, because it's down in the weeds, you know, it's like, it's, it's just the routine and it becomes a slog and slowly you just kind of lose who you are and you become a taskmaster and you become an unpleasant person to spend time with because you are just so focused on like keeping everything afloat and you just kind of forget the things that you enjoy. And so, um, whatever it is that makes you happy. I think some people have to think back to their childhood if, cause it may, I think a lot of adults kind of feel like, well, when I became an adult, no more fun. And they've been in survival mode for a very long time. And so it takes going back in their mind, you know, a couple of decades to be like, what did I used to enjoy? Did I, did I like being outside? Did I like art, dancing, music, watching movies? Like, 
eating in restaurants, like whatever it is. And then like start reintroducing that back into your life. I mean, uh, in the book, I talk about when I, I was really in the middle of this kind of just like slog. It was just, I, man, it was just like the same routine every day in and out laundry work, homework, dropping kids off at school. And it was just like, every day was the same. And it was just boring. And I was kind of slowly building this kind of bitterness to this lifestyle that just felt kind of colorless and like, who am I anymore? And then I got this flyer in the door for roller skating lessons. And I'd never gotten a flyer in the door for this, but I don't know if you ever have. I thought it was gonna be like for a restaurant or like house cleaning or whatever. And when I grabbed this flyer and it was for roller skating lessons, like in a flash, I was back to when I was a kid, when roller skating parties were like the thing. And I was at a roller skating party every weekend. And I thought to myself, like this is, yes, I, <laughs> I want to do this. And I had this fantasy that I was going to somehow at the age of 40, become this like master roller skater, because I was remembering back to those like amazing teenagers and all the tricks they could do back in the day. And so I made my girls take roller skating lessons with me. And um, spoiler, I did not become an amazing roller skater and it was very painful. And also they promised me that there was going to be a lot of adults there. And then when I got there, um, I, I realized I was the only adult in my beginner class with, and everyone else, the average age of the other students was like seven. <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous, but you know what? It was it was funny. It was like, after I kind of got over my own, like kind of embarrassment and realizing that these other parents who were the same age as me were like watching me in this class <laughs> with their children. But let me tell you, I was a superstar compared to these seven-year-olds. Right. So that's, important. <laughs> that's important, but you know, it was, it was ridiculous and it was fun. Um, it was a little bit painful at times. I certainly fell a lot, but you know, it was just something different and it was, it was a, it was a trip, you know, and it was, um, it was just something fun to do with my girls. And the more I think about survival seasons, it makes me reflect on like, how will my kids remember this season? Like if I'm in a survival scene, it's probably because things are hard. And when I think about say the pandemic, like what will my kids remember about this season? When, when their kids ask them, like, what was that like for you? Is their story going to be like, well, my mom was a complete stress ball and she like, the, the house was spotless, but she was a nightmare to live with because she was just like, so trying to control everything in the house and trying to keep the, the boat afloat and all this kind of stuff. Um, or are they going to be like, well, you know, we made, we took advantage of the opportunities to kind of like spend more time together. And then, and then that's so weird. My mom made us take roller skating lessons <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic. And it's like, that's part of the story for them. It will be that we had this probably bizarre turn of events in the middle of it, but you know, it's fun. And so whatever it is that gets you out of that season, I would say, go for it. Like stop putting it off and you don't have to justify how silly it is or how ridiculous it is. You know, if you like reading books, go to the library and get a whole bag of books and, and prioritize reading a book every week. If you like going to the movies, go to the movies. If you like eating food, then go try every Mexican restaurant in town. Like whatever is fun to you, you do not have to justify doing it. Just because like the idea of fun and being a responsible adult are not mutually exclusive. You are still a responsible adult. You're still a good mom, uh, but go take that dance class, you know, like go take singing lessons, go whatever it is that makes you feel 
like a little bit of yourself again, go do that because that's what we need more than anything. When we are in a difficult season, don't become like just survivor stress, mom, be go climb a tree, go, go, go lay in the grass. Like not probably in the middle of winter, but you know, when it gets warm again, go lay in the grass, do whatever um, brings a little fun back into your life. It, it's a, like, it's good to prioritize that because it helps kind of reorient our priorities back to where they probably should be all the time. Oh, that's such good encouragement. And, you know, it makes me think too about how fun is contagious. You know, yeah. if we're laughing and having fun and the people around us are, um, and are too. And so uh, I'm going to have to think through that. Um, and it makes me think I used to have a pair of rollerblades a long time ago. <laughs> it might be good to, to pull if I could. Well, I don't have them anymore, but to buy some new ones, maybe for me and my daughter and husband and son, we'll see for Christmas. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay. So based on today's conversation, how do you think we can best be love offerings? Well, I think the world is feeling very scary right now to everybody and, um, and, and rightfully so. There's a lot of scary things going on. I turned on the news last night and they were running through the headlines and I turned to my husband and I was like, well, this is terrifying. Like there wasn't a single headline that wasn't terrifying. And I think the best thing we can do right now is, is be something different. You know, you turn on the news, it's scary. You open the newspaper, it's scary. You go on social media, it's scary. Everything's scary. Um, mainly because half the messages are, we don't know what's coming next and that's scary. And so I think we can best be love offerings right now by offering hope, you know, that, and again, that doesn't mean offering solutions. It doesn't mean fixing people's problems. It's just kind of reminding people, Hey, like, yeah, it's kind of dark today, but every day is one step closer to something new, you know, it will, that we will eventually come out of this. And, and even for those who, who are not believers and, and they don't bring kind of God into the conversation, we can still be hopeful and we can still show them that through our own example, we have faith in something other than, um, what's going on around us, you know, or other people, whether that's our spouses, whether that's leaders, whether that's scientists, well, whoever it is that you're, you know, putting this hope in, um, there's kind of something bigger and better and more reliable, honestly, to put our hope and our faith in. And I think that's a really attractive and um, because it, it, it's so peaceful, you know, it offers peace and rest. And I think that's what everybody kind of would love to have right now. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I, I know that I want to stay connected with you. I'm sure listeners are going to want to stay connected with you. They want, they're going to want to grab a copy of your book, um, The Astronaut's Wife. And then also you told me that your husband has a documentary on uh, Disney Plus called Among the Stars. So I'm looking forward to tuning into that as well. So uh, are there any other ways that we can stay connected with you? Sure. You can find me. The easiest place is to find me on Instagram, Stacy Morgan, 2000, like two zero zero zero. I have a website, same kind of uh, address, Stacy Morgan, 2000.com. E. That's it. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Stacy with an E. E-Y. S-T-A-C-E-Y. Stacy Morgan, 2000.com. And then if they're interested, there's information there about the book too, but the book landing page is the astronautswife.com. And they can kind of learn more there and they connect uh, with me through my website. I also have a blog on there and kind of recordings of other things I've done. So lots of, lots of rabbit trails you can follow on that site, but uh, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love connecting with people. And so 
I love to make new friends. Yeah. Well, I will include um, all those links on the show notes. So it'll make it easy for everybody. But Stacey, thank you so much. This has been such a fascinating and interesting and helpful uh, conversation for me uh, personally. And I just uh, appreciate you encouraging us all to live life to the fullest, no matter where we roam. God bless you, friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Stacy Morgan. We hope that you realize that you can live life to the fullest no matter where you roam. This week, our love offering is from Stacy, and she says there are so many scary things in the world. The best thing we can be right now is something different. Let's offer hope. Every day is one step closer to something new. If you're interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I would love to connect with you there. I'd also love to connect with you over on the Love Offering Facebook community. There each week we dive in deeper into each podcast episode, into the blog series, and we encourage one another to live faithfully and love fully. If you have not yet subscribed, rated, and reviewed the Love Offering podcast, I would so appreciate if you would take the time to do that just so more women can find and hear this Love Offering message. If you have already subscribed, rated, and reviewed, thank you so much for your kind words. They really do mean the world to me. All of this information can be found at rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive my weekly love offering newsletter, and all of this information can go straight to your inbox each week. Next week, my guest is Christian fiction novelist Francine Rivers. She is on the show talking about writing for the Lord and God's redeeming love. I can't wait for you to tune in again then, but until then, I hope you have a terrific week, and as always, remember to lead with love.